All right. So this is part two of the homily series on the Mass. Remember, we, begin, we began last week speaking about just the nature of liturgy, of what that is, and that, that primarily what we do through the rites, right, the ritual, the symbols, the words, the gestures, all of that is, is a remembering of the work that God has done for us and that it is a renewal of our covenant with Him. And it is something that is carried out in obedience to Him. The work that He did on our behalf, He united to a liturgy in order that we could share in that work, we could participate and cooperate with Him. And so we're going to go a little bit deeper, more into the specifics of the Mass. And we're going to focus on the first half, namely everything we just did up to this point right here. With the question, again, why do we do some of the things we do? And if I am called to participate, is what the church said at the Second Vatican Council, actively, fully, consciously, to fully participate, what does that mean with regard to each component of the Mass? Begin just looking at the, the introduction itself. We process in and everybody stands as a body. Now, we can very easily just overlook that as something that's just, it's a ceremonial thing, right? We stand and it's kind of this formal way of walking up to the front of the church. But in, it's, it's rooted in scripture, right? When God would, would come to, to, to speak to Moses, there was a specific place, the tent of meeting or the tabernacle, what it's called. And he would descend in the form of a cloud. And there Moses would go into the tent and would commune, commune with God and he would come out and, and speak to the people everything that God had said. But as Moses would go to the tent of meeting in preparation when the Lord was coming down in the, in the fiery cloud on the tent of meeting, he would go and all the people would stand as he processed out to the tent of meeting. And so it's, it's, this is the fulfillment of that. That what we do in Mass, we, we commune with the Lord. And if ever we use incense at the beginning of Mass, again, that's something that's to, to trigger our memory of what's going on. That the Lord is, is here. He's coming to meet us. We are coming to commune with Him here. And so we stand and there's a procession in. And then we begin by signing ourselves the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, recognizing again that that's not some formality, but it's, it's a reminder that we have been united to, to God, who is a trinity of persons, that, that we are temples, that He dwells in us. And so we recall that as we begin to enter into this, this dialogue with Him. And then we go into the, the penitential rite. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins, and prepare ourselves to celebrate these sacred mysteries. And this again is something that, that is attested to throughout scriptures, that whenever the Lord was calling His people to come to Him, to meet with Him, He would always ask them to purify themselves. Because He is, he is the All-Holy One, and He wants us to be able to receive Him, to encounter Him. But in order to do so, there needs to be um, this cleansing. We have to provide a place for Him to come. And so, that invitation, let us call to mind our sins. 
I know in my own experience, both as, as a priest and even before that, that that can often be a time of, of me just waiting. My active participation is like tapping the foot, waiting for Father or the deacon to say the next thing so I know to respond, Lord have mercy. But no, I, that I'm actually supposed to respond to the invitation. The call to mind my sins, that's how I actively participate in that. Call to mind my sins, recognize that I'm a sinner. And then, and then we take the words of, of the numerous folks that Christ encountered in the gospel on our own lips. Lord have mercy. Christ, have mercy. I am a sinner, unworthy to be in your presence. But since you have invited me here, I ask that you, you cleanse me by the, the gift of your mercy in order that I may remain, I may receive, I may be open to your gift. And then we move straight from that, from recognizing that I'm about to commune with God and so making the necessary preparation, asking for God's forgiveness, recalling my sins, pleading for his mercy, and then we go, we go straight into singing the glory. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people of goodwill. It's the words that the angels were singing the night Jesus was born. Now part of our active participation is to actually sing that, or to, to say it if, if we're not singing it, and to unite again our minds to what, what it is that we're saying and to remember, right? It's not mere coincidence that the church has given us that hymn at this moment in the Mass. Again, that the Lord is coming amongst us. The Savior was come to meet His people to save them. That that's what, what we're entering into. And so we unite our voices with the, the voices of the angels who, who proclaim glory to God in thanksgiving and in this posture of gratitude that he has come to visit us. And that praise, that act of praise, again, it opens our hearts even more. It leads us in to what we say the, the climax of the, the first part of the Masses, the liturgy of the Word, what we just heard. The general instruction on the Roman Missal says this with regard to, to the liturgy of the Word. It says that when the sacred scriptures are read in the church, God Himself speaks to His people. And Christ, present in His Word, proclaims the Gospel. When sacred scripture is read in the church, God Himself speaks to His people. And Christ, present in His Word, proclaims the Gospel. This preparation that takes place as we come to communion with the Lord, right? It finds a certain fulfillment here in the liturgy of the Word, where God Himself speaks to us. That's something to ponder. Because I know, again, my own experience, when I'm sitting there listening to the readings, and sometimes as a priest too, I'm already thinking. I wonder how Father's going to tie this together. I wonder what he's going to say from this. And sometimes when I'm sitting here, I'm thinking the same thing. Lord, how am I going to tie this together? And, and what I do, I miss God speaking to me. As opposed to remaining in the moment and recognizing the gravity of, of the gift that, that God himself speaks. 
when the scriptures are proclaimed and through the instruments of the lectors, of the deacon, of the priest, that it is God's word. The homily is significant. It is important. But we don't want to rush to that. Because God wants to speak to every one of us. Every one of us. You believe that? He really does. That's why he comes to commune with us, to give himself to us. He wants us to hear him. And what he can say something different to every soul that is present in the church when his word is proclaimed. We can never exhaust the Lord. And so my active participation is listening attentively, not wondering what Father's going to say about this, but recognizing that, Lord, you're ready to speak to me now. That's why you came. Help me to be attentive, to be alert, to hear. Protect me from being distracted. And if I do find my mind wandering, help me to, to, to refocus, to not miss. There's a quote from St. Jerome that I found convicting. St. Jerome was the one who, he translated the scriptures into Latin back in the fourth or fifth century. And uh, so he, he says a lot about scripture. One of the most uh, famous quotes of his is, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Right, but this is, there's another quote that convicted me when I was reading in preparation for this. He says, when we approach the Eucharistic mystery, if a crumb falls to the ground, we are troubled. He's talking about the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Yet when we are listening to the word of God, and God's word and Christ's flesh and blood are being poured into our ears, yet we pay no heed, what great peril should we not feel? Again, that Jesus Christ is the Word. And that when the Scriptures are read, it is God Himself who is speaking to us. He says we, we take great care when handling the Eucharistic species to not spill any of the precious blood, to not drop one crumb. Great care in which we should great reverence. But when the word of God is proclaimed, Jesus Christ himself, God is speaking to us. Should we not have the same, the same disposition to not let one crumb, not let one word fall without landing in our hearts? All of this to tie into know, what St. Paul said in that second reading today, to do not conform yourself to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds. St. Augustine said, you were created through the word. In the beginning, God spoke and creation came to be. You were created through the word, but now through the word, you must be recreated after the fall, right? Baptism draws us into the Lord, but we're still sinners. We're still prone to sin and drawn to that. It's through listening to and encountering the Word that our minds are, are renewed, they're transformed. We're recreated. The Word 
It breathes forth new life. It directs us in how to live, how we are to treat each other. It gives us wisdom to move forward. And then finally, not being an end in itself, the Word of God, the liturgy of the Word, is ordered towards the liturgy of the Eucharist, what we'll begin talking about next week. After having been fed by the Word, and then we go to be, to be fed by the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. But to leave with just recalling again the, the Gospel passage from, from Luke, chapter 24, the road to Emmaus, after Jesus has risen from the dead and he's walking with the two apostles who happen to be talking. They don't recognize Jesus. And he's like, what are y'all doing? And they're kind of lamenting the fact that, oh, this, you know, our, our guy got killed. We thought he was the Messiah. And Jesus then goes on to explain the scriptures to them. How they all point to him, to the Messiah. And later on they say, were not our hearts burning as he broke open the scriptures for us? Were not our hearts on fire? That's, that's the goal of the liturgy of the word. Is that having come, recognizing that we're to commune with God here in the mass. Right? We repent after a brief examination of conscience. We sing glory to God. We offer him our prayers. And then we listen to his word in order that our hearts, our minds may be renewed, may be transformed, and that they may be set afire with this hunger as we lead in to the liturgy of the Eucharist. That the one we have come to encounter, have come to know a little more deeply through his word, we may hunger and thirst for even more in Holy Communion. And so we pray for that grace in this Mass that we may be more attentive to the mysteries that we celebrate, that our hearts may be attuned, our minds may be attuned to the words that we pray, to our postures, that we may be open to the word of God as he desires to give himself to speak to us, and that our hearts may be set afire as we now move to the holy altar to offer the sacrifice and to receive our Lord's body, blood, soul, and divinity and holy communion.